Hello, and welcome to the 14 Questions Podcast. Or, you know, welcome back. Yeah, for those that have been here before, right? Uh, We appreciate those that tolerate us week in, week out, and listen to our insights and grumblings, as it were. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. How you been? What's been going on? Yeah, living the dream, my friend. Living the dream. It's been your categoric answer for like the last, I don't know, while. Well, you know, sometimes when Dreams. nothing interesting is happening, you just go with a thing, right? <laughs> like when Correct. Were, I have nothing new to report, sir. It's just been the same old, same old lather, rinse, repeat. Um, You know. That's about it. And it feels like the last two and a half years or so. Yeah, or whatever that was. Anyhow, can I I throw out my idea? Okay, so way back when, in the early days of this podcast, right? Because I I don't, for folks that haven't listened to us or that listen to us, you might not know this. So Brandon titles these episodes. And we have two titles. We have a working title. So it's really confusing um, when you're trying to like going back and then you actually have the title that goes out and we have a, we have a listener and a follower that loves the titles, but once in a while I get to say what the title should be. And so just so folks know how it works behind the curtain here, the only way for me to get Brandon to pay attention is for me to do this like, you know, live recording that we're doing right now take credit for the dog ate my homework title back in our day when we didn't get an episode out. And then I'm just going to say during this recording, Groundhog Day. Sort of there, Brandon. It does feel like we've been here before. I mean, it, folks, y'all may never we see should, this. We should it might be the working it, title. Uh... <laughs> this might be the working title, but Basically, we had we had some tech. If you've listened to us in the last month or so, you'll realize we've had some technical issues. You know, software. We're you know trying. You, you go. Sometimes the clothes don't fit. They tear. You know, whatever. You don't buy them. Um, yeah, some software stuff going on it's, over here. It's so growing pains. Yeah. Yeah. When you when you try different platforms and you try different softwares that may or may not make your life easy. Sometimes they work right, and sometimes you don't know how to use them properly. <laughs> We've had a little bit of both uh, as of recent, so maybe we'll just go back to the old, the old way of doing things. But you know, maybe every once in a while, I mean, just, try new things. Yeah. can't let life stagnate in that. Correct, way. and then occasionally you got to let the groundhog come in, wake up, do its thing, chew up your USB cords, and chomp on your equipment. That's my metaphor for. You know. Anyhow, so we're going to cover a thing we covered, which is the first time we've ever done this. I think, right? Second, <laughs> technically speaking. Second. I don't. Th- I. I. I don't think so. Not on my notes. I mean, yeah. I have. A, I have a half a recording to prove otherwise. <laughs> okay, there you go. Well, that was a half. We did a full, and then okay. Anyhow, what are we covering? We're covering speed. And not the drug, folks. The measure of distance over time, I think. Isn't that the the appropriate math? Distance over time gives you speed. 
Well, in, and I think the, re, the, the this is kind of fun, right? Because you know, if you're if you're moviegoers, you've probably heard about this movie. It's called Tom Gun. That, that's a joke for y'all. Um, it's called Top Gun. That, that was a knockoff then, pornographic version of the film. <laughs> oh, was it? Shit. <laughs> it I probably don't want that was. In. If it's not, it should yeah, be. Great. Right? I'll, I'll remember not to hashtag that joke because you know we you know we're pretty good at keeping the trolls off of things over here. But um, I, I got to say, have you watched this? Because the last when we actually recorded this episode, we started into a thing. You still have not. I, I have not. Yeah, I just you know I. I loved the original Top Gun. I've heard nothing but amazing things about the new one. Um, not, not, not a single it, person it, I can think of has poo-pooed the new one. And I will get around to watching it, but I just couldn't get on the excitement wagon. Like They've revisited so many movies and so many franchises from my youth and fucked them up right. so royally. Um, I, I, I had you know, just an immense amount of cynicism uh, when it came to this. And uh, so I, I just felt no excitement or desire to see it. And so I'll get around to it eventually, I suppose. All right. So, folks, Brandon, I'm right there with you. Okay. So new movie, a, a redo. And by the way, this is Top Gun Maverick. You know, just came out, whatever. I really hate it when people set my expectations at like, oh, it's a 10, it's a, it's 11, it's 12 out of 10. You got to go fucking watch a thing because it, it's just not going to, you know, you've, you've, you've set my expectations. So I fought with everybody. I'm like, they're not, they're like, no, I'm not going to give you a spoiler alert. It's just this. It's just, I'm like, shut up. I don't want to hear it. I will say this because I'm not going to overhype it for any folks that haven't seen it or I'm not going to hype it at all. For uh, I, it's not a remake, but for the way they did it, I think it was well done. It was somebody was sensitive to not trying to be the old thing or the new thing, and I did appreciate that. And and, and all in all, um, you know, I enjoyed the movie. So that's I'm 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 not going to give it a one out of ten. I'm not going to give it tomatoes or whatever the fuck people do these days, but. Um, because I don't want to do that because people do that to me all the time and then, and then it wrecks a thing for me. So that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you got to get it, it was thermometer. It was, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was worth the watch, definitely. And, you know, actually I was like, oh, oh that's right, that happened in the movie because it's been a number of years since the, the first one came out. Um, so, <laughs> it has been a number of years, yes. Like You're five. Mistaken. Like five <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I was like 18 when I saw the first one. <laughs> yeah, 23-year-old you. Um. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm a little older than that now. But anyhow, but they get into this thing, which is a little kitschy. No spoiler alerts here. But basically, this the whole premise of this is like, you know, how fast can a plane go or, you know, speed over blah, 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 air. And they get into this mock stuff. You know, Mach 1, Mach 2, that's when Mach 10. Not, I won't get into the details because I don't want to wreck this for anybody. So then you and I got talking about what are these actual measurements? And it's actually mind-boggling when you get into, you know, the, the, this 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 speed. 
right? And I think yeah, for sure. So we did a thing, and I love to give shout outs to other really good podcasts. So Radio Lab, I've listened to them over the years, on and off. Huge fan. Um, they did one called The Speed of Sound, which for anybody that hasn't listened to Radio Lab or wants to go back and listen to an episode they missed or re-listen to an episode, they did a whole deal on the speed of sound. And it was a fascinating take on what they were talking about. But they didn't get into the actual, like the speed of sound is is one thing when you're talking sound, they're talking laser beams and some other really cool shit and then how it affects the brain and this and that and the other. Um, that one's kind of an interesting idea because the speed of sound is really fast. And then when you think about building a thing that you get into. Yeah. That, that goes. <laughs> theoretical <laughs> speeds versus like we're, we're manning a vehicle at speed. Uh, two entirely different things, <clears throat> right? I... As we're talking about it right now, I, I don't even know if I can comprehend, right? Because, you know, we're set up like we're usually set up. You're in your studio. I'm in my studio. You know, we're recording not in the same studio right now. Um, but as fast as my words get to this microphone or I hear you come through my AirPods, seems kind of fast. It, it's, it's really fast, right? So to get into a physical object that goes that fast I, yeah I, I mean we're not we're not talking about uh, the speed of sound in that sense right we're we're talking about electric uh, electrical signal transmission i mean this is what we need to explain to the listener <laughs> which um, i'm i'm now i'm curious what is the speed of electricity in miles per hour uh, and it turns out <laughs> uh, it, it's rather quick. Yeah. Do you, you care to take a stab? Uh, no, because I've got a, I've got so, I've got, I, I've just got a lot of data up in my face and it's like, yeah. yeah it's, it's roughly yeah. 670 million miles per hour. Oh, which is which is why our sound waves can travel from our mouths to our microphones and then through a cable and we sound well relatively leg free to one another right imperceptibly 670 million miles an hour that's wild we think about the speed of light being like yeah. the fastest fastest thing it's like nah tip of the iceberg right so you're saying all right, I'm, I'm looking at some statistics here because I'm, I'm going with the speed of sound is about 331 miles per second. Does that sound right? Speed of sound? No, not nowhere near. It's 761 miles an hour. Oh, 740 miles per hour. I just found it. Yeah, this, this is based on, I'm into the wheeze folks for folks that are listening. This has to do with, they've got air temperatures and all sorts of other stuff because you know, fascinatingly enough, some of the show notes I've pulled up here is that the whole sonic boom thing. Um, because once you break that, the noise you makes behind, I, I don't even, I'm not a, you know, we're not attorneys over here. I'm not a physicist, but it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Yeah, man, out, outrunning your own sound. 
It's like, can mm-hmm. I can I chase my own screams? I'm going to have a nightmare about that now that I've said it out loud. <laughs> can, can I outrun my own screams? I don't know. That'd be a really cool concept for a horror movie, wouldn't it? Like, I don't, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> As a metaphor but for the, something else. Who knows? But so, folks, for anybody who's watched this movie or they're curious or they're like, okay, what what went on this and that and the other? So you go back, you go back in the, the you know, I'm, I'm just going to scan some stuff here. So, you know, the, the, the principle of this, you, you know, obviously you go back to Newton's theory of things and then, you know, some other stuff. And it's, the principles and how sound works and sound barriers work and basic concept. I mean, we're talking like, you know, 1687. I'm just reading out different dates, like when these things were considered. Um, And then over the time continuum of, you know, humans being humans, we keep diving into a thing and understanding stuff. But the, the fact that, I mean, Shit, I'm I'm trying to get the reference. I'm, I'm now flying through a bunch of equations, but trying to get the reference when they were like, you know what we need to do? We need to put somebody in a plane and, you know, figure out wind shear and all the engineering side of a thing and, you know, what, what the hell could go wrong, right? And then also what we want to do is we just want to break this sound barrier. And I think you and I, we had this reference earlier. Because I don't have it pulled out. Ah, the first me. first one um, to uh, break the sound barrier, I, I believe, was actually a renowned American pilot, Chuck Yeager, off the top of my head. Uh, he was I think a, you're right because I think we we had to look this up last decorated time. pilot <laughs> to begin with. Yeah, I, I'm familiar yeah. with Chuck Yeager because my my father used to fly um, fighter planes, and uh, you know, there's been many a biography <laughs> written about him. Uh, but he was very decorated. But he was also um, one of the like forebears of um, test pilots. Um, yeah, and then let me let me ask you this: Have you? I, I'm, I'm rattling this stuff off the top of my head, so take it all with a grain of salt. But yeah, I believe it was Chuck Yeager. I can probably fact check that really quick. Yeah, and then the movie, the movie that was we 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 lost this reference last time, and we had to go to break and look it up, and then we came back and filled it in. So you know, history repeats itself. We might have to do that again. Yeah, yeah, um, it was it was Jaeger, nineteen forty seven, nineteen forty seven in the Bell X one. He hit Mach one at an altitude of forty five thousand feet. So there's a lot that would go into that. <laughs> Going to sling an aircraft. You know, slightly atmospherically, like push it out. Not quite a rocket ship there, but it's upper atmosphere, and you know we're gonna hit it. We're gonna hit a speed, and then, you know, yeah. It's it again. I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. But uh, you know, and then okay, then then let let's go to where where we were going. So that's a test pilot, right? I mean, movies made about this stuff and all sorts of other stuff, and this leads to. NASA and you know space and all this other kind of cool stuff back in the 40s into the 50s and then when you want to get really down to the brass tacks on something you go okay you know let's go let's go do a fun deep dive and so because I was on this kick when this first came up and we might as well cover this a little bit before we go to break but um, you know commercially available stuff 
right? Yeah. Basically, you get this, you, you get a bit of a bit of a space race or sound race between some countries going on. And I won't get into that. There's a whole other side history if people are interested in researching the thing. Um, but the Concord, you know, becomes this sort of reality. Like, we're not just going to do this with like test pilots. We're going to put people in a thing. Yeah, as a means and, of um, transportation, right? Yeah, and um, yeah, go really fast, which is mind-boggling to me. And you know, that's back in. I'm trying to think. I'm I'm looking at a, a reference here on the because uh, we like to throw our references out here on the history history.com. So it's basically the History Channel, but history.com. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. Um, so this day in history is something that we'll follow from time to time, or I follow from time to time over here. In January 21, 1976, the Concorde takes off. In 1976. Yeah, that's a while ago. And they started the effort to create this commercial thing um, in 1962, which was... To your point, reference Chuck Yeager here, 15 years after he broke the sound barrier. So a decade and a half later, they're like, you know what we need to do? We just need to put people in this thing and get them places really fast. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the entire transportation industry to some degree. Like anything that's ever been created has been created to get us there faster or more efficiently. Efficient, yeah. Uh, so it makes sense to go, oh, there's some emerging technologies out there. Let's see if we can leverage that to move people or cargo from point A to point B more quickly. People. Like, we're, we're human people. beings. <laughs> it's like, you know, Amazon's solution. Two-day shipping on everything. Like, the faster, the better. Mm-hmm. So it, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah, but two, two, two days is so, so 2000 and late. I mean, I'm sorry, like, if, if Amazon, Bezos, you're listening to this. I mean, back in the 70s, we were moving people from one continent to another, like, in like, three three hours and a bit. And, you know, you can't get a package to my front door in two days? Like, come on. I think we're going, I'm, I'm just being facetious. <laughs> like, I mean, for the right I, price, I say you that, can get a package to your door in an hour. It just depends on how much yeah. you're willing to spend. But in their defense, yeah, you're $11 a month and you get some decent television included <laughs> as well. Um, fair enough. Fair and an enough. unlimited number of packages. Yeah, I'll take two days. Yeah, fair enough. That is that is not a bad mention. Um, so you got you to gotta credit. I mean, there's some credit we've got to throw out here. I mean, between British Airways and Air France and sort of what was going on, Atlantic fights and this and that and the other and the development of the Concorde. And I, I'm just going to say, whoever designed that plane, I'm sorry, that thing that thing was sexy. I mean, it, it's just, it's it's a good looking, like if I was going out, like I, I would buy a car and I'm like, I'm looking at this plane or this plane or the happy plane or whatever, the big one with the fat nose on it. I'd be like, give me that that skinny thing because the nose goes down and then comes up you know to protect light and speed and glass breaking and stuff but i'm sorry back for, it's a it's a hell of a design no it's a it's a brilliant brilliant plane yeah 
It's not nearly as sexy yeah. as the uh, that that matte black one that predated it by a few years, though. Oh, the one that's in that museum that you you guys claim you own air travel in? Up yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a few of them in museums. They're all in museums now. At this point, they've been retired. Um, it's probably a good idea. <laughs> the thing had some faults. But it's, it's so interesting tidbit. So we're talking about the SR-71 Blackbird, which was a, a, a classified plane at, at the time of its initial operations, I think. Um, and this thing was fast. We're talking Mach 3.3, like 2,300 miles an hour fast. Like Los Angeles to Washington, D.C. in one hour, four minutes and 20 seconds fast. Like... It's wild to think of how fast that was in the 60s, man. Like that that particular flight took place in 1990, but it was the same plane. One hour and four minutes, Los Angeles to Washington, D.C. And as a testament to how awesome that plane was, this thing is still the second fastest plane that we know about ever manufactured by human beings. Nearly... 50 years later like it's wild it's number two the only other plane that's faster than it again that's declassified that's manned i should i should caveat manned aircraft yeah like we put a human being was the uh, x-15 which had to be launched from another plane um, because it was too fucking wonky to get off the ground on its (coughs) own and then at really high altitudes this thing went uh Mach 6.7, or about 4,520 miles per hour. Um, it was a test plane, and it's also been retired. Six, so I, we're talking I'm sorry, 50 six, years. 50 years ago. This plane. 6.7? No, 50 years ago it was 3.3, but it's still number two over the course of 50 years. 50 years. So th- and then we had an experimental so aircraft right. that so couldn't that's... get off the ground by itself. But then at really, really high altitudes, it did do 4,500 miles an hour, which is impressive. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I don't. Just blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. Because this is before, this is like landline time, right? There weren't cell phones. There weren't, you know laptop computers that can process faster than you had to have a you know literally what like a center full of computers and communications and like everything's hardwired it just absolutely floors my mind yeah and we're talking mid 1960s early 1960s i think was it 62 60 yeah four something sr71 uh like it's wild like this is pre-cassette tape (laughs) (laughs) the microprocessor was barely a thing and they're like we have a plane that flies at 2300 miles an hour why we don't care about surface to air missiles it can outrun them you know with two 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 crew members uh tightly clenching their their nether regions (laughs) basically and faces as they're falling off going that fast. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah, that is wild. So anyhow, you want to hit a quick break and then we'll come back and, and catch people up on the 
what's what's happening these days in the world of speed of sound and some other developments. Yeah, sure. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right. Sit tight, folks. Well, welcome back. We had to uh, do a quick break. It was pretty quick. It was very quick. It was faster than the speed of sound quick. Uh, No, not that fast. Oh, it felt like it to me. What are we talking about? The hovercraft? Oh, no, these are are other show notes I have. We'll have to cover that at some point. (laughs) The hovercraft. I've always been fascinated by hovercrafts. As a child, I was obsessed with owning one at some point in my life. I don't know why. Um, I just, I love the idea of like a thing that sits on a cushion of air. Yeah. Just fascinating to me. We're going to have to, folks tell us if you want us to do this, but we're we're probably going to have to do an episode on the hovercraft. I mean, it's going to, it's a sore subject. I won't get into it with family and, you know, trip at one point in time and, you know, maybe missing a thing. Anyhow, um, but yeah, for the listeners over there, because we have a few of them, obviously in France and the UK. Yeah, they'd be familiar with this. It went from Calais to uh, to Dover in like two hours. In 1959, this thing was like you know, basically the inventor. You know, he was on board. I mean, it's the first. I I, I don't know, like. Anyhow, I'm digressing. But it it <laughs> blows air underneath of it. And it blows air What's behind it. I mean, it, my my mind wanders not far, but it does. Yeah, <laughs> wonders, wonders, not wonders. It just Wand- wanders. Wanders. Out loud. Yeah, my mind wanders, not wonders. Subtle distinction. No, I'm saying the, uh, homophones of the my, English language. My mind wanders just out loud, so you can call it wandering or whatever. So, so, so 19, 19, 1950, right? So that's where we sort of left, left folks, or whenever. I mean, into the 70s and, and commercial stuff, right? Because, I mean, people were like, you know, flying around the globe, like in the in the Concorde. I guess if, if you were bougie and you could afford it, you know? Yeah, no, if you had the money, I would think, uh, you could hop a flight on the Concorde. But now... And it, and it, it oh. Actually, it wasn't. I, I was going to say actually, it wasn't that expensive. I don't think looking like <laughs> pricing out, you know, first class. Now it's like eh, Concord pricing didn't look that bad. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, they didn't look that bad. Terrible. But if we apply inflationary adjustment, <clears throat> um, I think the ones today are much cheaper. <laughs> you know, if you, if you go I mean, <laughs> dollar value to dollar value, well, they seem expensive to us. Are the, they? Flights that will soon be offered seem expensive to us. Um, right. Dollar to dollar, I think they're on par, if not more so, than what people paid to uh, take a ride on the Concorde back back in the yonder years, as it were. 
Yeah, not too long ago, but long enough. But anyhow, so folks, pull the curtain back, explain to you like what we do on break. So sometimes there's a bit of a rock, paper, scissors. And Brandon says to me, um, where are we going? What are you going to pivot to? And I said, we're going to pivot to what we always pivot to when we talk about aircraft. Because, you know, you and I both live in North Carolina and you and I both are fully aware that North Carolina, first in flight, my friend. So I, I, I know you're trying to like bamboozle the listeners that you, you there's this whatever history museum, whatever, whatever the, whatever the folks up there in, in your land tell each other about this stuff. First in flight, just saying. I mean, first to have a soft beach with a good breeze. That's what North Carolina brought to the table. That's it. That's all they did. The design, the engineering, the manufacture all took place in the glorious state of Ohio, the heartland of this country. (laughs) And then they transported this majestic, magical machine at the time uh, to North Carolina because y'all had a constant breeze. So, you know, take credit for it. And the only reason they take credit is because nothing really significant at all ever came out of be North careful. Carolina. So, be careful. Be careful. Like, you know, <laughs> we like, have some oh, North man. Carolina listeners. They came down here and they flew their plane. We're first in flight because they put it in the air. And Oh, yeah. It, it did go in the air. But, uh, you know, you can take credit for the breeze and not much more. So, you know, ideal well, conditions to test a thing is different from the uh, ingenuity, insight, and intelligence that came from lands afar. <laughs> Just go on and on. Because uh, it's a okay, fun sticking folks. point. To, uh... <laughs> let me let, let, get down folks, and, and, and for our North Carolina listeners, okay, I'm I'm not being I'm being factual, not facetious. So I guess our error is pretty good because I'm, I'm being factual too. <laughs> Nothing yeah. I said was untrue. So, so explain to me, like, so Ohio's getting the next supersonic planes and flight built in it? <laughs> no, that's right. No, North Carolina is. So just to bring people up to speed, January twenty sixth, twenty twenty two, boom. Supersonic selects North Carolina for the first supersonic airliner manufacturing facility. Which this is this is actually kind of exciting. Um, in in again, sexy plane. I'm not sure about their logo. I'll get back to you about that. Um, but yeah, this is um, boom supersonic. We're going to be doing this thing again. Yeah, finally, and, after a 40-year yeah. hiatus or so. Nah, when was the Concorde retired? Was it 90s? Oh, shit. I just got rid of that. Um, let's see if I can go back there and grab that. Had to be had to be in the 90s. I feel like it was like 1993 off the top of my head. I could be completely off base there. Hasn't been that long, but it's been long enough. 30-some-odd years, right? Yeah, I think so. Let me do uh well, they had they had a they had a, a terrible accident in. Oh no! It was far more reason. Two thousand and three was when it yeah, was retired. Yeah, so they had it. So. Yeah, they had a terrible accident, and then, um, 
you know, as as air flight goes, it would, thank God we don't have many of those. But then, yeah, they they kept running the thing for a while, and then yeah, oh three. So yeah, which isn't again that doesn't seem that long ago. I mean, I guess no, I think long. I think we we skew things in our head sometimes when it comes to technologies because we go in two thousand and three, this thing had had a thirty year run, right? Like 30 years, mm-hmm. and if we think about the exponential growth of technologies and and whatnot, to then have right. a 20-year a, a gap or 21-year gap, I think they're projecting to be airborne in 2024, if I remember offhand, seems just really long <laughs> when it comes to yeah. advancements in other technologies to go, why, why don't we have supersonic commercial air travel? And why the long gap? I mean, the gap is the lion's share of its original operational runtime, right? Right. Uh, but to, to to think about the objectives, like from the engineering side of things, so whether or not that's, you know, and I'm, I'm not an engineer, folks, um, but quite honestly, whether or not that's the materials, the availability, the advancements in fly-by-wire, GPS, the computer systems that run in these planes you know i could just go on and on and on um the sustainability of you know the the fuel they're using and the efficiency and i mean again you know because i think there's you know obviously they're setting their back to the concord right you set a trajectory and you say hey we we don't just want to build a thing we want to build a thing that's going to you know, basically last for 30. So you think about that. You're trying to build a thing that's going to last for two, three, three and a half, four decades. Um, I can't imagine the challenges. Yep. I I mean, ideally. It's monumental. Like, all joking aside. Right. You know, making making an aircraft that is efficient and safe and, you know, is going to stand the test of time at those speeds right. is um it's a monumental task and yet they've yeah, had and, and, they've had 20 some years to do it and it's slower than the concord <laughs> well I, that yeah it's not lost to me that it's slower and it's i think i believe it's f- fewer passengers too they're they're looking to the, i'm reading through their actual website here over at boom supersonic select um and you know, it's 65 to 88 passengers. So kind of like the, I, I would imagine the smaller signature planes that, you know, if anybody's hopped around this country, we've gotten pretty used to. Um, that can just yeah. really go fast. Because, you know. So it's, and it's, you know, they're advertising here, it's twice the speed of today's fastest passenger jets, which at, to the regular passenger jets, Good on you, because they've gotten really fast and efficient. But that, again, going back to what we were talking about, that has to do with, you know, weather reports and avionics, and we should get Woody back on here. We had him on here, folks, for anybody that hasn't listened to that episode. It was a good one. He's a pilot. He's a really cool guy. He geeks out on this stuff. Um, But, yeah, then, then you get into, you know, stable wind air and, you know, basically headwinds versus tailwinds and all sorts of other things that go into baking that cake of that really complicated system 
of you know moving in this case anyhow moving moving people and passengers around so but this is kind of cool that it's happening here um that the major manufacturing facility is going to be building these things here and then i i read on the avion on the actual flight side of things you know what they're anticipating these flights to be and where they're going to put them around this country and then you know partners in the in in the eu and and then other places um and we don't have enough time tonight to get into the weeds or range and some other stuff but um it's kind of fascinating i'll be curious yeah no I, to I, see what i think it what our price is out to north carolina will finally be able to put like uh first in supersonic <laughs> flight on their license uh, <coughs> plates i suppose Except it, well, Burbank, California gets that title for building the <laughs> SR-71 Blackbird. So it's going to not fit on the license plate. It'll be first in supersonic commercial flight in the United States. Uh, <laughs> hey, I yeah. mean, okay. Let, I'll, I'll give you a bit of a win on this one. This technology and where Boom is was not all developed. I mean, I might get some hate mail from North Carolinians, but it was not all done here. This has been a fairly recent move, and this has been a, a you, you know, obviously like any startup or any company that's trying to do a thing, it it didn't all happen here. But um, g- give it three years, it'll be on our license plates, and that'll be the story. <laughs> all, all in jest, of course, but yeah, it, the, the argument goes on. Who who was first in flight? Correct. I'll give it to North Carolina. First in flight worldwide. You know, I mean, yeah, you'll 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 be like, yeah, they they flew kites. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so. They did fly kites, but they weren't in flight. They were they were tethered. They were like first in traction, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm sure the the paper airplane. I don't know which came first, the airplane or the paper airplane. Well, yeah, I mean, we already know this. We've had we had gliders and other sort of flying devices but it's, some, it should be it should be like first and self-propelled flight um, brought to you by the lovely brothers from ohio or you know whatever <laughs> well the, the, okay then they're gonna get into like this is just gonna bring europe into this argument and they're gonna they're gonna go on about you know some sketches that were made by a guy that was maybe famous not so much you Again, know, with and first in self-propelled, stuff. self-propelled <laughs> or sustained self-propelled flight. Like okay. when you start analyzing the, the claim, it falls apart rather quickly. Uh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sh- shall we leave it there? Because I don't think the license plates that are trying <laughs> to claim, you know, we're just, we're, we're just... You know, here in North Carolina, we're just trying to sell people on the fact that, oh my God, it's breezy and beautiful on your beaches. This is where the first plane flew. Yes, it's all we need to do. Branding over here. That's that's you know, it. Yeah. If you want to go for a cold winter in Ohio, when they were like sitting around trying to figure out how the thing was going to work, oh, um, just, if you want to go know, travel up there with a park, just compare like the the pros and cons. <laughs> Uh, North Carolina is where it's at. I, didn't, I would I would put it in the top five in the nation rather quickly. We've got beautiful beaches. We've got beautiful mountains. Less, we've got less summer. 
bathrooms anybody can use. Um, it's really less summer, less summer. We could stand there a people. little bit less summer humidity. Depends on where you're less. at. We and have, you know, the jokes on us like down the here. only temperate rainforest on the planet. Fun little but, tidbit. Uh, no, there's, there's, we have a piece of that, but yeah, no, folks, if you're only... in North Carolina, it's a, it's a great place. Just don't, you know, when you, when you see that it's only 92 degrees out, if you've never been here and it's humid, it's not 92 degrees out. And if people tell you it's in the South and it doesn't snow and we don't get brutal winters, um, also wrong, also wrong because I am from further up North than Brandon is where I was born. So I can attest to that. So, um, but yeah, we don't tell anybody that's listening to us that wants to travel here, do it anytime. It'll be great. You know, come watch them fly kites or, you know, maybe they'll fly in on boom supersonic. Who knows? Kind of fun. So anyhow, you want to leave it there? Yeah, I think that's a good point to uh, jump off before we just absolutely give the win to Ohio. Um. <laughs> Go back to the hovercraft. Go back to the hovercraft. Back to the hovercraft. We'll do that next. Hovercraft, yeah. So, yeah, we'll leave it there. All right, my friend. Sounds good to me. Till next time. Until next time. Got questions? Need answers? Find them on the 14 Questions Podcast. Welcome to our podcast, where we, along with our frequent guests, will be answering your questions regarding a wide variety of topics, including current events, lifestyle, politics, and of course, popular culture. The 14 Questions Podcast is brought to you by Podhouse Media and Dive Pod Productions. Be sure to find us on the web at 14questions.org, on Twitter at The14Questions, look us up on Facebook at 14Questions, and of course find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts.